and I'ma tell him. Uh, yesterday my dog died. I hog tied a hoe, tied her in the bow. Said next time you blow, try to spit a flow. You wanna criticize dog, try a little more. I'm so tired of the socket blow, fire in the hole. I'm fired up, so fire up the lighter in the drone. Better hold on a little tighter, here I go. Flow's tighter, hot headed as Ghost Rider, cold hearted as Spider Man, throwing a spider in the snow. So you better get blowing and flow rider inside of a low rider with no tires in the hole. Why am I Hello, how are you? Welcome to Last Texas Brooklyn. This is Tom McCaffrey. Uh, please buy all my albums on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> Under Tom McCaffrey or TMC, um, so uh, uh, Neil Medlin is here. Uh, he's a, a performance artist, rapper, actor. Uh, have you ever done stand up? Well, uh, sort of. Okay. In a way. <laughs> okay. Cool. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- how are you? Good. Good to see you. Thank you for coming here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. It's good to be here in, in my room. <laughs> um, so. I uh so you, first of all, you're from Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, are you a Cowboys fan? Or do you have the Cowboys? Well, I well I decided that I wanted to have some some sportswear right um, looks okay. for my fashion closet, and uh, and then I was like, well, I found I had they, I had seen all of this Dallas Cowboys stuff, and I don't really I I wasn't really following football, I yeah. never have, but obviously I grew up nearish Dallas, yeah. So that was. And this was during the whole, you know, okay. America's team. So you're a big fan. Of so the I'm a huge fan of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I know everybody who's on it. I know the offensive coordinator's middle That's, name. Right. No. Oh yeah. He, <laughs> he is really good. He's wonderful. They have like the best one. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely does. I, I mean, they ha- do. I, sorry. I have no idea what they. There's, you know, they always have those terms for things and like. Yeah, like offensive, like what you said, and like, <laughs> what is that? It's like when the Oscars, yeah, when they like the entire night is just giving awards to like things you didn't even know were like a job. Yeah, you're like, oh yes, the framer. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, this... oh my god, but this guy, he was the framer on all the big movies, <laughs> right? Like, what's a framer? There's no framer, Sound... and it's probably like <laughs> the most important part of the right. Movie. You're like, that's if without that, it doesn't even happen. Without that, there's no framing. <laughs> um, but like sound design. But anyway, so um, yeah, that's funny because so you literally made that choice. You said that you needed more like sports. I wanted oh, some like sportswear. Attire. I have various sportswear, but I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything football related, and I decided to get some Dallas Cowboys things because. Uh, since I don't follow football, and I felt like I'm from Texas, so yeah, da- you know, it'd be like if you grew up. I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent is, but like, if you were from the Northeast and you were into baseball and you grew up anywhere near Boston, you kind of yeah. de facto, I guess, would have to be a Red Sox fan, right? I feel like it's that way with the Dallas. And so Cowboys. when you were living in Texas, that was when they were really good, right? Yes. So I funny. went through two different phases of them being really great. When I was a little kid, yeah, and then when I was in college, they also were really great. So yeah, actually, thing. I went to college in Dallas. Oh yeah, and when I was there, they were really good. Yes, they yeah. they won like uh, I think like three of the years I was there. Yeah, I went yeah. to SMU. Oh nice. My yeah. mom was grew up in Dallas. Oh nice. And my yeah. sister still lives there, so I go there all the time. Oh cool. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you from exactly? I'm from. Well, I was born in a town called Palestine, Texas, which is like Palestine, but they pronounce it Palestine just right. to be fun. Like and, so, like Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like. <laughs> I guess two and a half hours, three hours from Dallas, further oh, okay. east. 
So it's like basically equidistant between Dallas and Shreveport, Louisiana. So is it near Austin? No, no. It's the other way, or it's something. It's two hours from Dallas, four and a half hours from Houston, five and a half hours from Austin. So it's really nowhere. Did near you go to anything. college in Texas? Yeah. Where? I went to Kilgore College. Okay. And then I went to Nac. I went to um, SFA, Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches. Okay. And then I moved to Austin and I worked at UT Austin, but I never went to school there or anything. How long were you in Austin? Only like a year and a half. It's where I started performing. Did you went so did you like I mean was Austin like how it is now yet or was it still kind of like It was in a up? transitional phase, I think. I mean, it was it a little bit had that thing that every city has that when you get there everybody immediately informs you that you missed it. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like you get there and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. if only you'd moved to Tucson three years ago, man, this place was awesome. Right, right. You know, they were so, just throwing money at everyone who yeah. showed up. Right. So they were just te- everybody I have a lot of that with sucked. parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you missed it. Oh, man. The Spice Girls were blowing Kid everybody. Rock was here a minute ago. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. He was handing out record. <laughs> he was giving out guest spots on his next album. <laughs> yeah. What? But, so everybody told me it sucked, but I was into it for a while. I mean, I I liked it because when I got there, I decided I wanted to start performing. So there were some stand-up clubs, there were some theaters, and there were some just uh, like there were some parks that you could just rent the space. Was the Velveeta and... Room there yet? No, I don't think so. No, yeah, there was a place called what was the comedy club? It was called Cap like, City. Was that N- well? That was there, yeah. But they, I never did that place. But I did a place that was new. That was called at the time, and it was called like Bad Dog Comedy yeah. Theater or whatever. And they were like. It was like obviously somebody had seen or heard of um, uh, UCB and wanted to try to open a space kind of like that, but oh. not affiliated or whatever. Right. So like comedy, like so sketch groups would come through there and put on shows. Like I saw Amy Poehler when she was in um, what was that troupe that she used to be in? It was um, wasn't it Upright Citizens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yeah, yeah. yeah. So they came through and did like a show, and everybody came, and I went and saw that. You was know. it before they had blown up? Yes, or? way before. Yeah, oh, okay. And so it was like they had, they did things like that. So it was supposed to be like the cooler one. Yeah. So I would go there and try to perform there, but then I also just did stuff like I would just go to the city park. And because the electricity was on in like the gazebo in the town park, and then I would just put on shows there. And, you would, yeah. What would you? So when you first started performing, what kind of performance did you want to do, or did you know? I didn't know. I was doing a little bit of everything. Like so, I would put on these shows where I would play music for a while. Then I would kind of talk and tell stories. Then maybe I'd do like a puppet show. Maybe I'd try to get the crowd to do like a bunch of activities with me. Wow, you know. And sometimes it'd be a little more conceptual than that. Like one time I did one. Because it, it was a lot of like, I didn't know where I was going to perform. So if it was in a park, I'd make it more of a kind of like experience type yeah. of thing. And I did some in hotel rooms. Like I'd rent a room in like the Motel 6. And then I'd advertise and be like, hey, I got a show. <laughs> it's in room 182 at the ho- Motel wow. 6, you know, on Friday night. And people would come. I mean, not like a lot of people. Would, three to seven people would come. And then I'd just do something. Like people you didn't know would go? Yeah, sometimes people I didn't know. I mean, sometimes Would they show be, up and be like, oh, hey. Yeah. The ones in the park, like, sometimes you just get, like, random people wandering through. What would you do in the park? Those ones... Well, there was a gazebo in this park down by the library. Okay. And... The, like, in on campus at UT? No, no. It was downtown. It oh, was downtown. Like, yeah. Okay, all right. It's, so, like, somewhere between the Capitol building and kind of, like... 
But it was like you know, it was in where, where the buildings were, you know, right, like right. big buildings. And it's a it's a weird part because it's kind of like in a lower depression, like it's kind of like in a hole in the ground. Yeah. And there's a big gazebo in the middle of it. And at one point, I went down there and realized that because I would go to that library for some reason, I can't remember why. Um, and then I realized that the electricity was on, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I could advertise and be like, I could do a show at 7 o'clock, and even if it's dark, I plug in some lamps. You know, I could plug in my amp, and I could do whatever. And you wouldn't need, like, a permit or anything? No. Because my theory was, I mean, maybe they'll come and they'll make me stop. The cops will come. But then that'd be, like, a whole other thing that might happen. You know, that could be kind of exciting. Um, That is a thing where... (laughs) No, like, you know, I always think of that. Like, when I, you know... I was shooting something what like I was making this like very low budget movie and mm-hmm. I was just shooting at places and I had always heard like oh if you're going to shoot there like you need to get permits and I was like right. why <laughs> like what what are they going to do <laughs> like yeah, I don't yeah. I'm just going to leave um cuz I so I think a lot of people like that's what stops people from doing things a lot of times. Yeah, they're always, like, oh, I'll get in trouble. They yeah. always put on rules that they don't even know are really real yet. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I But feel the like- funny thing about it is that like most times, like you, you get away with it long enough to probably do the thing that you want to do before the people show up who get you in trouble. Did you ever get in trouble? No, I never did. In Austin, I don't think they ever cared. I mean, I don't even know if they even noticed or what. And I would advertise, so it seems right. like... And I, it's one of those they things where found out. if they saw you, people were probably like, well, he must have done something. You yeah, I, mean? I think everybody probably assumed I got a permit. Yeah. Yeah. But I and people not. were probably like, I don't want to like I'm not going to ask to see this. the permit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what would you like? What kind of stuff? Like, so would more and more people start showing up for that? Yeah, it varied a lot. In Austin, it was always kind of like, I mean, I started getting more and more like press because at that time because slightly i mean i guess the internet was around but it wasn't the way it is now yeah it was still like the austin chronicle which i assume still exists but like you know it's like a free weekly like the village voice and so and for whatever reason they decided that they they thought it was funny this these press releases i would send in yeah i'd send in these really weird press releases like oh you know, I'm gonna. This show is actually going to be a workshop, and here's a here's like a diagram of what we're going to be learning, and it would just be like Benicio del Toro connects with. Bob. It was like a crazy person's diagram that they would draw on their wall, right? Right. And I think they thought that was funny, so they would actually be like, "Oh no, there's a show <laughs> this Saturday in the park at Wildred Square Park. You know, 7 p.m. It's free." So, like, you how know. many people would show up? Sometimes. It would be like thirty or forty people, and sometimes it would be like three. And how long would you was your thing? I it would. I, I guess I'd perform for about a half hour, forty five minutes, something like that. And would, did it vary what you did, or totally varied? Yeah. Would you do like stand up or anything? I mean, I would tell jokes. Like I like I had one one that I did in the park. I did a whole like this comedy routine the, about. With and I just did it with my socks. Like I took my socks off to be the puppets, and it was like this whole like they had just had sex, and it was kind of like weird, right? And it was just like a scene. And then, um, and then I had another one where my friend was playing like weird music the whole time, and me and my friend were reading our instant message conversation because instant messenger had just come out, <laughs> right? And we thought what we had been writing with each other was really funny, so we did it like it was like a play, but you know, and then did all this other crazy stuff. What was it like? Was it terrifying at first, or uh, it was fun? Or it are you one of those people like that like didn't? I feel like some people don't like 
don't get as terrified as I would get. I mean, it would freak me out, but I think on some level it would feel like not so scary because it was kind of like, I mean, you're just kind of outside. It's like if we went out on the corner right now and yeah. then you just started doing something. Like it would feel like a show, but it also feel not like a show at all. It just feel like you're like I'm just doing something weird on the corner. Yeah, and you'd feel like freaked out. In New York, it'd be hard to stand out. Like, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Here it's guy. a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's someone else doing something. <laughs> it's not a show. Yeah, but it's just illegal. But it, it felt a little bit just like. Um, but also, I was just really bored. Like I didn't really have any friends. I had two friends, and I was just really bored. I quit good. my job. And I was kind of like, really, I have nothing to lose here. <laughs> right. But Nobody wh- cares. Why was that your first, like, y- y- when you were thinking of, oh, I want to perform, like, w- your first thought wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to, like, an open mic or something. Or did you Well, do I that? did do that, but I didn't know. Well, first of all, I had no idea. Like, also like, because it's before, really, the internet, I didn't really know how to look up where to perform. That is funny, because I remember when I first started stand-up, it was, like, 1999, uh-huh. and yeah, like you had to like go. F- you really had to be proactive about. You had to like ask people. Or yeah, which and is such like, an odd. Ask? When I think of that now, of like ask getting things from asking people, it's so strange to me. Yeah, like I yeah. remember being like, "Well, where do I go for?" Th-? Yeah, and it's weird because when I would start, like I did some bringer shows, and I would ask people, and there people are a little like cagey. I think it's like they don't right. want you going there too. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I ran into that, but I remember, yeah, I, had to, I moved to LA in like 2001 and I had to like just find open mics and stuff. Yeah. So I'm yeah, sorry. I did some open mic. I mean, I was like, well, that seems like an obvious place. I mean, that, the reason that I did some combination of open mics and the park and hotel was that those were literally the only places that I could think of that might that where I could do it. I was yeah. like, well, an open mic, it says open mic, so they have to let you do something. Right. A park, it's free, nobody's there, they have electricity, great, so that counts. A hotel, if you rent the room, like you're paying for it. Yeah. So they kind of have to let you do... That sounds like a cool idea, actually. <laughs> I'm surprised people don't do more. Yeah. Like yeah. just having a show at a hotel, because people have parties in hotels. Right, yeah. Um, and a show is kind of quieter than a party would be, you know, right? Potentially, right. I mean, depending on what show you're doing, D- depending on how funny you're being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're really killing it. You're maybe. like, hey, I'm doing a comedy show. Was it okay? They're like, oh yeah, we didn't hear anything. <laughs> it was totally quiet. Everyone yeah. around it was able. It was to. really quiet. So would you subtle. like? Um, <laughs> so when did you? So when did you get into like rapping? Were were you? Did you grow up? Were you into hip hop young? Yes. Yeah. Is it weird that like I'm really into hip hop? I got into mm-hmm. and I, I describe it as when I, I I describe it as being into rap. Mm-hmm. And whenever I say that, people act like weird to me. But for some reason, saying hip hop sounds stupid to me. I feel stupid saying that. I, yeah, I never. Do you say understand it. that? <laughs> Does yes, that make yeah. sense? I always say rap because I think yes. Because I also just feel like it feels more um, accurate to what what it when I first like fell in love with that's it. That's what got I called it. It, it was when, rap. That's what people were calling rap. it. Yeah, yeah. The tape that I bought was called Monsters of Rap. That I bought. Right. You know, it was the first rap tape that I had. You who, know who, who was on that? Public Enemy and Beastie Boys, Run DMC, LL Cool J. It when did you like, get that? When did that come out? Uh, I don't remember. Well, so I had gone to a church lock in. And okay, what's that? What's well, that? That's where because I grew up, my parents were really religious. Like, uh, okay, I grew up a Pentecostal, like you know, people speaking in tongues and that sort of thing. Really, okay. And so, a friend of mine 
from school, her church, which was also kind of a Pentecostal type church, they were having a lock-in, which is like all the kids go there and you sleep over at the church and they you do all kind of like activities. It's really fun. It's like a sleepover, but like a massive sleepover with all the okay. kids. Because it sounded like some weird. It looks yeah, it sounds bad. Well, lock in sounds like you know, be like a yeah, like the, a lockdown with the guy who's the guy Jones Jonestown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and we I went to one, and then they we were going to go. Part of it was we were going to go bowling at one point. So these somebody's older brother picked us up to take us bowling, and it was these two teenagers who were driving the car, and they were listening to License to Ill. Okay, and I was like, "That's the first time I ever heard it." And, and I was, was it, like, "This year was insane." How? I mean, it had to be '86 or oh, so it had just come it out. had just come out. Oh, okay. And so I was like, "This." So I definitely never heard anything like that. It and you had never heard rap before that. No, it sounded crazy to me because it was like they're like yelling, right? And there's like somebody <laughs> obviously playing music, but then scratching it. So it's like it sounds like a record. You know, like it was yeah. obvious that it was a record. But like, why would you do that? Like, so it was like not a band. They were making it very obvious that it's not a band because right. they're scratching the record. Yeah. So I just thought it was the most insane. Like, and and you weren't even familiar with rap at that point. No. Like the idea of like sampling the, and just no, rapping, not, not at all. Um, and so I just thought, and I just thought, and I didn't even know the word punk really yet. But to me, that was the most punk thing that I can imagine because it's right. like it's like we are so not a band that we don't even want you to think we're a band, <laughs> yeah. and we'll prove it because right. we are going jigga 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 with the record to make sure we're gonna be aggressively not a band yeah and i thought that was really funny and Um, so i was at a record store or i was at kmart or whatever later and and there was a tape in the like you know mixes or what do you call it compilation albums from probably rhino or something like that that was like monsters of rap oh and so i just bought it off i wonder if they would like do you think that was like legal for them to do that to just put together like i wonder i'm curious like i wish i could find the tape and like figure out like maybe it was what the provenance of what this was maybe they licensed it or something it could have been a thing where they were like we would like this to become more mainstream so they're putting this out so that people in the hinterlands which is where i was could actually get it yeah, and be like, oh, what is this? Was it? Did that become big where you lived? Like license to ill? Uh, I think so. I wonder. I don't really know. I mean, I remember hearing it in those guys' car. No, it must have. I know it did because a few years later, um, I maybe it was roughly the same time. I was on the school bus. Or I went to a, a high school football game, and this guy was walking around. Like I went, I was walking. I like left the stands to go walk over and get like a snack from the snack stand. And this kid stopped me, and he was like, "Hey, if you give me twenty five cents, I'll rap um, LL Cool J's I Need Love.'" Wow! And I was like, "Oh shit!" I, so what I an was interesting one to pick. Yeah, I really <laughs> was into it because I was like, "I like this idea that you're charging money, right? That you're just standing around asking for people for money to rap this song." And so I did it. I gave him the money, and he did the he did the first verse of it, and I was really into it. Was he? good at it probably he was good at it yeah. yeah and i don't even know who this kid was he was like from the other school or something i, I never saw Would him other before. people pay him that's such an interesting i like, wonder i mean like i should have so hung out ballsy stuff. yeah couldn't imagine but hey give me money and i'll wrap that <laughs> well i got really into this idea and i decided that i was going to do the same thing oh so then like, i undersell got... him like 24 cents no no i was no, going to charge more yeah, smart. Because <laughs> I was going to be on the bus, on my school bus. I would charge more because there's a captive audience, and they didn't know. They didn't would know. Would people this guy. pay you? 
Sometimes people would do it because you would tell them because my one the one that I picked to do was Paul Revere because I okay. knew it and it was on the that's thing. a better one than I need love. Yeah, I thought it was funny. And it's like a story. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's it's what's funny about that one is um that's the most like rappy one on mm-hmm. that album. Yeah, because um you know I obviously I love that album and it's funny looking back. I had already been into rap like a couple of years. You know, I got into it when like Run DMC first came out. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I grew up here basically. Oh okay, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so w- when that came out, it was like, oh my god, like yeah, I'm totally <laughs> in on this because uh-huh. I was like the age and like they were from here. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, I felt like you know I, I kind of like looked like that. You know, what I mean, they kind of uh-huh. like dressed like me. Um. And uh, so. And the uh, the fight for your rights song, which obviously right. I they weren't really that into, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember being like, "Yeah, this is all right," but then like that's really kind of the worst song they've ever done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very silly. I mean, like it's fine, <laughs> but it's literally one will just yell a line, and then there's like twenty seconds of music. Yeah. And yeah. then another, so it's not really like rap it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's because, and then the rest of the album, they are yelling a lot, but they mm-hmm. are rapping more like longer flow. So Paul right, Revere yeah. was cool because they each kind of have their own verse. Right. So yeah. I felt like it kind of showed their rapping prowess more. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I mean is like that was a good one to pick because that's more like you can show that you're like good at rapping with that. Yeah. 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 And so I learned it all. Like I would practice while I was waiting for the bus and then get on the bus and then tell people that I would do it. And I also thought it'll be somewhat unexpected yeah. for me to be like, hey, you know, I'll do this rap, you know, this Paul Revere song if you give me 50 cents. And were you really good at it? You must have been. I got really good at it. I really practiced really hard. Would like you a do lot it? harder than I needed to. I, the yeah. kids didn't know or care. I could have made it up. <laughs> right, right. But but like, did, did they know the song? They did, yeah. So, yeah, because of Fight for Your Right. It, right. Then people were then would get the whole record or the whole cassette, really, and like listen to it. And so they knew the other songs. And so Paul Revere, and I think also because we were young enough that like the Paul Revere one, I think was more appealing because it was like a story that you had learned about you know, in school. I was, can you just hold the mic a little closer? Oh yeah, sorry. Not that great. So go, yeah, so go ahead. but you know what I mean. Like if like we like we were kids, so like what was Brass Monkey? Nobody knew. Like and it wasn't didn't appeal. But Paul Revere, like you had learned about him in school, so it was kind of like almost like a kid's thing to like. Yeah. Oh, Paul Revere, right? Yeah, the guy from the Revolution. Right. Even though, of course, the song doesn't have anything to do with Paul Revere. Yeah, but. just the horse is called Paul Revere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. and drinking beer and westerns and stuff right. like that. It was like shooting. A, and, yeah, yeah. It was just beer and shooting. Yeah, and, and I thought a girl. And, and that's why I liked the song because I was like, this is like the perfect song for me to do because it's like, yeah, it's about guns and westerns and. Like you're in the south. I thought I was going to make a ton of money doing this. Right. <laughs> just, were you like at home, kind of like figuring out like just hundreds of dollars? Yeah, I was just walking around, getting ready, waiting for the bus, being like, "This is it. This but is my that ticket is, like, to the stars." So ballsy. I mean, like, I, I do remember, like, I like, I guess I would rap, you know, the songs I knew, but mm-hmm. like at school, but just kind of showing off. I didn't think, like, I didn't ever factor money into it. It's funny that you yeah. were like, putting... I don't think I would have if it hadn't been that that LL Cool J guy. Yeah. You know, then he really made, he inspired me. And I also I think like, this is a way to make money. And also maybe here <laughs> it was less like 
it would have been less novel because I feel like everyone right. knew yes. the album and had the tape and was and had it in their Walkman and yeah. being like, hey, I'm going to rap that. They'd be like, I'm listening to it right now. Right, yeah. Why do I want to hear you do it? This is a <laughs> random thing. So do you remember, so right after License to Ill, do you remember like there was a rumor that Mike D died? Do you remember that? No, uh-uh. Did you ever hear about that? No, I mean, I feel like I heard a lot of, I feel like one thing about the 80s and the 90s in music was that everybody was had everybody was always telling me that somebody just died? Yeah, like somebody at school. Like I'd mention a band, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, did you hear that? The you know he just died." Like, and I feel like I don't know why that was, but like I or or other wild rumors. Like, right. oh, did you know that the guy from Wonder Years is actually the bass player for Marilyn Manson? Right. Like, everybody was just Mar- always telling me stuff like that. Yeah, you and know? this was back when like you couldn't fact check anything. Yeah, you or the Phil like- Collins thing. Yeah, the air the, in the right air that tonight. it was about somebody who killed his sister right. or something, and he it shined w- a spotlight on them in the. Sh- I heard a multiple <laughs> Such a realistic story. story. Yeah, you're like, wow. It was he wrote supposed the whole to be. Song. He watched someone. <laughs> It was like someone drowned, right? And yes. these guys let him drown, and then yeah. he invited them to the concert and yeah. put the light on. Them. See, that's what I'm saying. And you, they all killed themselves. Right. We both know the story, but right. like it was absolutely not. But that's true. what I mean. Isn't that amazing? Like we so, but that was like I had heard that it was right after uh-huh. License to Ill blew. It was in '87, probably like you know that came out in '86, probably blew up in '87. Yeah, and then this was like May of '87. Right, and it was one of those things where I heard it and I was like, oh, but I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> but then on Paul's boutique, uh huh, one of the lines, Mike D goes, "I'm Mike D, and I'm back from the dead." Which I always thought was like an interesting, oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, so he heard about it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Right. So that yeah. must have been like an urban legend. So I'm, I always was curious if like people i feel like a lot of people probably don't understand that line but right yeah yeah like why is he saying oh he's probably just saying that yeah but yeah i think that was because there was this like story that he died <laughs> but that also shows how big they become became so fast you know right yeah yeah when people are talking about you dying it's like oh like you're really big right yeah yeah because they really because they would notice if you died right you know, so did you so then did that get did that album or kind of like I feel like that album, you know, obviously inspired a lot of, you know, got, you know, the whole thing is it kind of crossed over and got a lot of like right, white yeah. kids into rap and stuff. But did yeah. that, did that album have like a big effect on you, like in retrospect? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what happened was that that got me into just rap in general, and it got me into this sort of like it got me into this sort of it also introduced me to this sort of concept of punk, even though it obviously was like this other weird back doorway, right? Because the 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 impetus of or the idea of making music deliberately to be kind of snotty and hilarious right. and sort of put a you know like a thumb in your eye kind of a thing i had was had never heard of that before and that was immensely appealing to me and so then i only listened to rap until i was in high school and then i uh then i got into like punk rock after that because okay. i was like oh there's this other kind of music so it was all very backwards for me because like obviously punk is from the 70s and you know or started yeah. then. but like i only found out about it because that spirit i that i liked in rap i later was able to find with guitars and so then i got into it with the guitar version of it right but like i never listened to anything that had live instruments in it until i was like almost in college or in high school because 
I just was like, I only liked the sound of like 808s and right. scratching and Who stuff Who did like you that. get into like, at, like after that, like after the 87? And- Public Enemy, but Public Enemy pretty much took over most of my kind of like upper elementary school was into it, high was, school. Did you, were thing. you into Yo Bum Rush the show or was it the I, I was, of Millions? I found out after... Yeah, I got it, it. It takes a nation of millions was the first one. That was like right. new that was kind when of the, that was it. kind of the one that broke them, right? Yeah, because that's when they started. Like Yo Bomb Rush, the show is kind of like they. I mean, I guess the bomb. I don't remember if the Bomb Squad did it or not, but it's much more simple. Kind of like drum machine rapping. Yeah, and maybe a couple of samples, but then like nation is- of millions is like. Tons of billions of samples yeah. and people screaming. Because I, because sound Bum effects. Bum show. I, I, I found out about after Nation of Millions, and I remember listening yeah. to. Is that the one with my ninety eight? Yes. Yeah. You're gonna get yours. That yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because they're like I, rapping about cars, and it's like not as political. And yeah, <laughs> I say I feel like I only listened to. it. I was into them. I was into Nation of Millions, uh-huh. and then I got it, and then I was really into Fear of a Black Planet. Oh yeah, Fear of a Black Planet is amazing, which is hilarious looking back because it's. All about like <laughs> they don't like white people a lot. I mean, right, they don't, yeah. but I mean, they're not. They're, there's a lot of stuff that's like not into white people. Yeah, but yeah. it was kind of made us more into it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And for some reason, people. yeah. And when I was young, I, I and I, again, I feel like it's like this whole idea of being like really like what feels sort of punk, like this idea of like yeah, I fucking hate you guys. Like that vibe really right. appealed to me, and I didn't care if they hated me. Yeah, I just liked. I just thought it was so cool, you know. Because after them, I got I was into NWA. Right, I was gonna say like, they, them know. too, and they really didn't like. Yeah, they're like, we hate you. You know, we're gonna murder everybody. Like, <laughs> right. like I remember, like my parents left the house, and I put on that one NWA album that has like this skit in between songs where, like, where one they murder of them, a prostitute. No, this was one where they like open fire in like a crowd, and you can hear like a baby crying. <laughs> Is that the um, so insane? Is that uh, (laughs) niggas for life? I think it is on that one because that one has a lot of skits, and they're like bad. There's a skit where they're like killing like a hooker. It's really oh yeah, that's like a hardcore album. Yeah, it's like I listened to it when my parents were gone. I put it on on the CD player in the living room, and I just stood in the middle of the room, and I didn't even move. (laughs) I was like, "This is the most terrifying thing." No, it was like a horror movie. It was it was almost like porn. Yeah, where like I remember someone gave me. Well, isn't there a song in there called like "Find 'em, Fuck 'em, and Flee" or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think that? that's like, on. Some really, yeah. And th- then what happened was, and even later they, I think they even said this when the because "Niggas for Life," Ice Cube had left, and they have oh, a lot right. of yeah. like sex songs, like really dirty sex right, songs. Yeah. And I think even I think Ice Cube said it like years later. He's like, they just had too many of those, and it it's kind of <laughs> true because it's like they get really yeah, filthy. It really doesn't. Yeah. yeah, it's like too. It's like too much. So like, um, I never listen. I mean, on that record, even though I did listen to the whole thing in my parents' living room, and I did like NWA, there was a, some level on which I kind of liked them theoretically because I couldn't listen to the record past. Um, what was that? They had that one amazing song that's really early on on that CD, "Appetite for Destruction." That was like their big one from that. Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It's called um, "Always Into Something." 
Yeah. And I feel like that's like a pre-G funk kind of like the like it's like the production is really cool and MC Ren's verses on that are actually really like really sharp sort of social yeah. commentary. And it's like it's really good and you get the whole vibe where they're like mad but then here's why and here's what's going on in Do LA. Do they talk right about now. Ice Cube on that song? Cuz they talk about him a lot on they that. Album. There's a there's like several songs where you're just like why are you still talking about? <laughs> Why are we still on this topic? I think it's know? so funny, like the feuds in in hip hop, where like they 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 just get so petty and it and they're trying to be so tough, but it's so clear that they're just like so hurt inside, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. like covering, like they're really like upset, yeah, and they're just like project, they're just so, but they're just acting like you know, fuck you, I don't even like you anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, you really miss him, um, right? Yeah. But so that out, I remember because that's the album that kind of was a big deal because it went number one on like right, the yeah. main chart, like just the pop charts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was when like people kind of got freaked out because they were like, "Holy shit, what is this? This isn't going away." You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Because I think for a while people were like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." But then it was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god!" And that the, the thing about that going number one is like. That's a really like scare. Like I was into rap and I knew NWA and that album. Like I could barely even listen to. Yeah, it was very scary. So mainstream and like the first one's like not as scary. You know what I mean? It's kind of. It's like, really not. Yeah, it seems like it's supposed to be, but I mean, like straight out of Compton is kind of like you know the first time I heard it because they are you know they're just talking about murdering people. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is like. Uh, there's one with Ice Cube, right? Like, I Ain't the One or something. Yeah. And then, do you remember there's one that's like a positive song? Oh, Express really? Express Yourself? Oh, right. Yeah. It's it's just Dr. Dre. And yeah. it's it's literally, he's like, hey, man, like, you know, don't do drugs. And, like, don't, <laughs> and he doesn't curse on it. I guess they were doing it for the radio or something. Well, that's funny. I recently, like, I remember, I was, like, remembering that I used to have the Young MC CD, right? And I was like, "Oh, what's that sound like? I haven't heard that in a really long time." Is so I listened to it. Well, like, you know, he's te- he's a very technically good rapper, and it's like it's a fun record because there's all the songs about off to the principles. Wait, no, that's not him. No, Who's he that? does the. No, that is him. Off to the principles. No, no, isn't that the Fresh Prince? I don't know. Anyway, he has the one about I feel going like to his friend's both. wedding. Yeah, but it's very much. <laughs> no, it's that's a fresh Young Prince. MC. Yes, that's yeah. the big song. Uh, yeah, Bust a Move. Yeah, like yeah. your best friend Larry has a brother. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna marry. And he's you know he's very quick and nimble and stuff like that. And he has that song where it's just a freestyle with no beat. And I remember really liking that on the album. I never. What was the name of his album? I never got into him. I didn't like Bust like a Move. Stone Cold Rhyme. Oh right, right. <laughs> I feel Which like is a kind of amazing title. Even then, I was like already snobby about it. I yeah. was like, I don't like this. Well, I didn't tell anybody that I liked it. Right, right. I'm just telling you. But like, I was listening to it, and what I didn't realize the other day, because I was like, what was that like? And I was re-listening to it, and the last song is called "Just Say No," and I was like, wow. oh my god, right? I forgot that there was like a ton of pressure. For on like people drugs. back then to like make these like positive songs. Oh right. You know, like a just say no song or an anti drug song or an anti gang song or something like that. We're all in the same and I was gang. Like, yeah, yeah. Um which is kind of an amazing song because there's very o- only everyone a few on of it? the rappers yeah. And only a few of the people who are on it actually ex- explicitly, you know, like take the bait and do the thing and say Hey guys, let's not do this. Most of there's like several other people that just like kind of do verses that are just kind of violent. Even on that? On that. Oh, like who? 
I feel like doesn't NWA do something that's just kind of <laughs> yeah. like murder and killing and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And I think you're supposed to, in the context of the song, think, oh, oh you they mean this, this right. is bad. <laughs> yeah. But Maybe if you some... just listen to their bit, you know, because everybody does like four bars. It's a weird song because it's like a hundred rappers and they all right. do like four bars. And what, uh, in totally different styles. It, right? with, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Shock G. Yeah. Um, cause I guess they were big at the time. Um, and then, uh, what, what, wait, what was I going to say? Oh, so did, were you into third base? Did you ever get into them? I kind of never really did get into third base. I knew that I, I had a friend who was really into them and I liked pop goes the weasel. Yeah. Kinda. But I don't know. There was something kind of like, I don't know. There was something kind of, um, lame about them. I no, liked them I when they thought, came out. Yeah. Like, I loved the first album. I just didn't think that they were very... I just thought that they seemed kind of, like, straight-laced in a way. Like, the fact that they were had all these songs that were, like, you know, very, like, sort of, you know, like, you know, MC Hammer sucks. Cause he, right. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't really care. Like, you know what I mean? Well, the, 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 the problem <laughs> I had with them later, and I didn't at the time... Well, you know, when they came out, I was really into hip-hop, and mm-hmm. it was very, like... You know, the, the a lot of the mainstream, you know, like Young MC, I was yeah. like that. I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> but then when they came out, you know, they were white guys and they were really good. Yeah. They were yeah. really good rappers. Yes. Yeah. And they were kind of like, I don't want to say hardcore, but like they kind of were like, uh, they had like street cred. Yeah. And, um, but then later it, it, it kind of would start to see, you know, what kind of turned me off was they were so, like um what what is the word like overcompensating you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. for being white like they, it was a big deal to them that they be like accepted by the black community and so much yeah. so that they were like yeah like they were like yeah white people suck yeah like there there's a song like the gas face they were like right you know bad guys wear black must have been a white guy who started all that and so everything was like all right dude like i, I get it but like you're white like yeah i don't yeah. want to hear you talk about how white people suck yeah they always came off to me like they were trying too hard yeah that and, and, and like, search uh... was really really annoying yeah like yeah. his dancing was like on un- he was unwatchable yeah because it was like a fat guy dancing. <laughs> so do you? So do you remember when you must have like? So the Beasties had like a kind of a feud with them, right? Yes, yeah. Do you remember that when that was happening? Yeah, yeah. Because they well, it's well. There do the Beasties have songs about? They do have. They a song have where they one reference it, right? MCA goes yes, off on right. him, but he doesn't name him. I didn't know until years later that he's talking about Search. Right, yeah. But And and I think Third Base has... Theirs is a they, little Sons more of explicit. Third Base. Even though, you know, I've re-listened. They have a song that's specifically aimed at the Beastie Boys. And the, well, all right, So what's interesting about it is, like, when Third Base came out, it was 89. Mm-hmm. And it was right after Paul's Boutique. And, and arguably, the, like, the Beasties were, like, not done, but they were, like, not they were having a hard time uh-huh. and like when third base came out with their album they were cut you know they were on def jam right and oh, and like right. you know the bc's kind of had like a you know a rift with def jam and i think that they kind of pushed third base to be like yeah like shit on them oh interesting. and i think and yeah. search i think was like yeah like fuck that. and you know they were very like hey we're like real rappers you guys are white guys that are like <laughs> making fun of rap right right um 
So it's funny is like I think at the time it was kind of like oh yeah like the BCs like screw them they're not real rap but what, <laughs> what, what happened was they kind of like as time went on the BCs legacy grew and it, and they became more like legitimate than third base you know what I uh-huh. mean so it was kind of interesting to watch how that happened um, yeah yeah um, I don't know what my point of that was but uh, I, I think it was just kind of like so I liked third base for about four months and then right. like but Paul's Boutique had come out right before that and mm-hmm. I like loved that Did, do you remember when that came out I was not at when Paul's Boutique came out I wasn't really listening to the Beastie Boys I was okay. so into I think at that point I was so <laughs> yeah Young MC all the way <laughs> no I think about that point I was like so obsessed with um, public Enemy and my and I had a friend who was really into public and we were just like obsessed with it right because there was also with Public Enemy there was such this thing of like they're referencing so many things that we didn't know anything about right and our kind like, of why like can you remember any specifically well like Farrakhan oh, Chesmar right, right. Howard Beach all this stuff that oh, like yeah. for us we had no idea what what they were talking about and we didn't know how to find it out. So my friend who was also into them, we kept like trying to, we'd just basically like talk at school and be like, so, you know, and I'd be like, I'd look up, I looked up Malcolm X in the, yeah. you know, in the encyclopedia, you know, and, and I gathered like, oh, stuff about is... the nation of Islam. <laughs> I kind of learned some of that. And then I was like, okay. So then I gathered that Louis Farrakhan is like now You're like, running oh, so it. we're the devil. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I was like piecing it together, but there was still like stuff we couldn't find out because it wasn't like, wasn't in right. the thing and hadn't made the news where we were. That's a big thing that I would, but like in rap, it was always interesting. Is like I would hear references and then years later I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like the Beasties had that a lot. They would oh, say yeah. something and I'd be like, oh, like the, they talk about the Atlantic Antic in uh-huh. Brooklyn, and I like heard about it in like 2006. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Well, but mine yeah, was. I mean, I had an even more fundamental one with them, which was like White Castle. Like there's so many references to White Castle. Did you not know what that was? I had no idea what it was. I was like, what could White Castle possibly be? I have no idea. We don't have them here. I mean, like, then later when I found out that it was like a burger place, (laughs) it cracked me up. Because I was like, this whole time, I was like, what could it be? It is hilarious. Some secret amazing thing. Right, (laughs) right. And actually, the big thing, like, when that came out, like, I knew what White Castle was, but they didn't have them in Manhattan, which is where (laughs) I grew up. And, like... So it was a big deal if I ever like saw a White Castle like in Brooklyn. Like I would always yeah. be like, I have to go to White Castle <laughs> um, because it was such like a almost like iconic pop <laughs> yeah. culture thing, <laughs> but not but like a not a really known one. Right. It yeah. was very novel to see it and be like, oh, I'm going to go to White Castle. Um, yeah. Now, whenever I see White Castle, I'm like, I can't. It's like it shows my age. I'm like, if I eat that, it's gonna be really bad. Right? Yeah. But it's really funny. Yeah, that album. They like they it, when you break it down, they talk about like four things the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. White Castle beer. They and I love when they call it like ale. Right. Yeah. It they call, they, they always call beer ale. ale. <laughs> that was another thing I was noticed about them is they like. They would have different words for things. Did you ever notice mm-hmm. that? Yeah. That no one ever said. Yeah, nobody really says, that. like, I'll have an ale. <laughs> that I mean, maybe nowadays because people make weird beers and stuff. But, but like, not at that time. You would never go into a bar even five years ago and be like, do you have any ale? Right. So it's really funny. They would always be like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sipping that ale. And then they'd always say, they, they use the word rope. Did you ever know, like later on, to uh-huh. say something's cool? Oh, really? So I always, that's the thing I always wondered. I'd be like, are they just making it up? And, like it's their own <laughs> lingo? Or uh-huh. 
I don't know. I, I just that just always interested me. So anyway, <laughs> um, so back to so did you later? Because uh, Paul's boutique, I you know obviously that became like the oh yeah kind yeah. of iconic. But it was the album that, like, when it came out, people kind of wrote. I know this has been talked about a million times, but like, it kind of got written off. Right. Yes. Yeah. And did you discover it later, or I did? Yeah. Yeah. I just like you know, and I wish that I was like cool enough where at the time I had actually noticed and been like, oh yeah, I was on that. Right. But, like I, I wasn't at all. I was. You know, <laughs> that was always kind of a badge of honor of mine. Yeah, that's good. Because I and it was funny because when I heard it, I was. My, I would go to the Hamptons for the summer, like uh-huh. so. I was, and that's you're really like in the middle of nowhere, and you don't uh-huh. really have any interaction. And a friend of mine, who would, you know was my age and you know loved, was into rap too, was playing it. And oh, you know, yeah. it's really weird looking back. It had only been two years since the other album that was so huge, but right, I felt yeah. like you know, like at that age, like two years is like so long. Oh yeah. Like, so when, you know, it's like going from like eighth grade to like 10th or 11th grade. Yeah. And you haven't heard from them and that's like an eternity. Yeah. So I remember like my friend started playing it and I was like, what is this? And he's like, Oh, it's the beastie boys. I'm like, Oh, they're still like doing things. (laughs) And he was like, yeah. And he was playing shake your rump. And I was like, what is they? They just sound weird. (laughs) You know, cause it's like a weird album. Right. And uh, so it's so funny. I, literally had this moment of hearing paul's boutique and having the moment of like this just sounds weird it doesn't sound like the other one yeah and he's like no dude and i think the only reason i got into it because this guy who's not even like a cool guy at yeah all, yeah was like no it's better and i was like no way and then i started <laughs> listening to it and i heard car thief and i was like oh this is like unbelievable yeah and then i became the guy that i was like this is the greatest thing and people were like it's not good <laughs> yeah um, so so when did you start like rap like actually oh. being like I'm going to rap in um high school I did because I had these two friends and we were really into the idea of like oh maybe we'll start a band me and my friend Jeremy were going to start a band and then that never happened and then me and my friend Chris started talking about it and we were like we're going to start this rap group you know Can I ask you a question? Yeah. This is something I just remember. So I saw uh Ad Rock in a, an interview. Yeah. And he I th- I think he's talking about you. He says I have a friend named Neil who was in a a rap group in Texas. Oh yeah, and him and and his group were doing an anti drug song. Yes, that is me. At a yeah. mall while they were on drugs. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know if we were on drugs or not, but oh. we did do. We were we we did enter an anti drug thing because that's what was up at that particular moment, and we did win and. Yeah, we yeah. Whether we or not we used the money that we won from the thing to then buy drugs. Oh, is okay. a distinct possibility. Because in the interview, he <laughs> says it was an anti-drug thing, and you guys were on drugs. Doing it. <laughs> I was not. I personally was not on drugs when I did that. What was the song? Do you remember? Um, it was called. Well, we had we had for this for this one show we had named ourselves the Drug Free Soldiers. Okay, because basically we did a whole thing where and and Chris is African American and he was like we got to have a half and half group like we're gonna have these six dancers 
half of them are going to be white, half are going to be black from our school, and you know, and we're going to do this thing because I was white and he was black, so we're going right. to do this whole thing. And then, um, and I wrote the music for it, and it was like really militaristic, and we wore camo and we did this. So you were st- that was still your public enemy. Right? Yes, okay. yeah, we were really into it, and we were going to be so like kind of like, like your soldiers of the first yes. world. Okay. And we actually had them do a lot of S one W kind of moves back oh, there. Wow, you know? that's hilarious. And um, and we <laughs> rolled into this place in Tyler, Texas, in the mall. This competition in the mall and everybody else was like using like you know the it takes two right beat, you know what i mean and just kind of like i hate drugs because they make me feel sad don't do <laughs> drugs they're really bad you yeah. know it was really corny I, that was a good song <laughs> and then we came out and we like really we just went much further than everybody else was were, going were, with this were you guys like Oh really? Like in what way? Just like cause you. The, I mean, we had made our own beat. Like in, really? it starts with a loud siren. Like six people come out and full like you know like fatigues and they're doing wow, you, dance. You convinced moves. like that many people to be involved? <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris did. Chris is very charismatic and cool. Would they? So they, would they be choreographed? Like the people? Uh, Chris and I choreographed their moves. Yeah, and, and were then they good? one of them. They were pretty good. Like I really was insistent on a lot of kind of S one W kind of militaristic type stuff, right. and a lot of marching back and forth, and you know three coming through the other three and backing up, and you know I really wanted them to do that crazy arm thing that the S one Ws used to do, where they yeah. put one arm right. diagonal on the that. other one yeah. at a forty five degree angle. I just thought that was cool. So we just had them doing a lot of stuff like that in the background, and then I did my verse, and then Chris had a verse. And then we kind of had a, a a hook or whatever, and um, then that was it. So then you, so to sk- so you've you've have like two rap albums, right? Or more? I have three now. Yeah. Okay. Which is so crazy. under sh- uh, the name Champagne Jerry, it's true. And how did how did you come up with that rap name? And when did you come up with it? Well, Jerry is my first name, like my birth name. Okay. I never went by it. I've always gone by Neil because is that your middle name? Yeah, Neil's my middle name. Okay, yeah. and um. Uh, but I guess I was at a party like, I guess now it's probably seven or eight years ago. Oh, so it wasn't my, that long ago. Yeah, no, it wasn't that long ago. I was at this party with my friend Bridget Everett and she right. was, and I was drinking champagne. Like there was like a cooler full of drinks at the end of the night. The only thing left floating in there in the, you know, melted ice was this bottle of champagne. And so I opened it and I was walking around drinking it. And I just got kind of wild at the party. Right. And then Bridget the next day was like, oh, you became Champagne Jerry last night. Oh, wow. Because she knew my first name was Jerry. So then she started, you know, whenever I'd be around or I would be drinking or being silly or something, she'd be like, Champagne Jerry. Hey. Oh, really? Yeah. She did this whole thing. And it kind of came like a jokey thing, jokey yeah. name for me. So you were just like, oh, that's a good uh, uh, that's a good rap name. Well, No, I just was like, I thought it was my nickname. And I was like, okay, cool. And then... um. My friend Max Tanone, he had written me. He'd seen a show of mine, a different show, non-rap show, and he had been like, "Hey, you know," cause he at that point, I guess, had realized maybe it was through our hip rate or something. He realized that I rapped some or that I sang and stuff. And he was like, "Hey, I make all these beats," because he was mostly like a remix guy. He right. made like you know he did like an album where he mixed Radiohead and Jay Z. What were those called? Mashups. Right. You know he was doing a lot of that. So he was like, "But he also makes all these beats." And he was like, "But I don't rap and I don't sing. So if you ever want to make anything, here's a whole Dropbox full of." stuff oh okay and i was on tour with another with this choreographer i was making music for his dance piece i was kind of bored in the hotel one night and i was like oh yeah max sent me all that stuff i should listen to it so i listened to it and i started all of a sudden for the first time since high school i started thinking of raps 
for the songs. Right. And then like, so I just, With you know, really good beat. They must have been like really they're good. They're great beats. Yeah. Right. So then I started writing these, I started writing things and I was re- just recording it into GarageBand on my laptop that I had with me in Minneapolis where we were for the thing. And I just was like, I recorded like five songs and, and I decided like while I was writing the songs that I was going to call myself Champagne Jerry. Right. And like, and it five of the, I think it's five of the songs that are on the first album, you know. And those the those are the ones you recorded like on GarageBand. Those one of the ones on-, on the actual album is one that I recorded that night on GarageBand. And the Garage quality Band. is like pretty good. This one was good enough. The other ones, Max was like, "We got to re-record this. Okay. This sounds like shit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, how many songs are on that album? There's like thirteen or fourteen on it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and you you and one of the songs you did with Ad Rock, yes, is that on that album? It's on that one, yeah. Yo Kev, yeah. Uh huh. Okay, how did that happen? So well, like, and what was that like? Because obviously you were like a very big fan of theirs, yeah. And yeah. then now you're rapping with. Ad well, Rock. we had already. I mean, it was like <laughs> I had, we had already. We were already friends, which was already kind of weird enough. You know, like yeah. it was kind of like oh, I you know the different performers that I'm friends with and stuff in New York. I had met. Was um, it through Kathleen like and Adam? You know, right? Was it through like the Art Hit Parade? Was it like through Joe's Pub and stuff? It was before that, but like, yeah, it was just kind of like through doing performances. Like I knew Bridget and I knew Murray Hill, and then right. Murray Hill's friends with with Kathleen and Kathleen's friends with Carmine Cavelli, who I used to, who and I Kathleen still do Hanna, shows with. That's Kathleen Hanna, yeah, uh-huh. Bikini Kill from Bikini Kill, and and I, I mean, I was a huge Bikini Kill fan and Bratmobile and Le- right. and Julie Ruin and Latigra and all that. I was really into all of that stuff. So for me, there was like a couple years there where I was just friends with them, and I was like, this is really cool. I didn't think. Well, this I mean, was was, that must have been weird, just being like friends with like Adron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's just like I'm I'm just doing these weird shows at like yeah. these downtown venues. And it's like you know, and then I'm friends with these guys, and it's like, and it didn't, and I didn't ever think that it would that those things would link up, you know? Right, right. And so, then because I was doing the stuff with Max, you know, then that all just kind of happened. Max sends me the thing, I write the songs, I send him the Max, and he's like, "These are actually really good. We should do this." Right. And I was like, "Maybe we should do this. It'd be fun to be Champagne Jerry," you know? So then I'm doing it, and then we were doing it in our hit parade. And then Adam was there, and he was like, "Hey, he was like, I heard that you're you're like working on a rap project," and I was like, "Oh, well, I mean, not real. I mean, kind of like you know, I don't right. know. Max did this thing, whatever. I was kind of like embarrassed." And he was like, "Well, you know, I he was like, I do some some of some of that stuff," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I know." And he was did like, he yeah, say so. it kind of like not knowing that? No, he was kind of like, yeah, you yeah. know, just kind of joking around, right? And he was like, "Well, if you ever want to do anything." You know, wow, and I was like, I mean, obvious. I want, but it was just like I then I just felt like I was acting really, you know, like embarrassed and weird yeah. and stuff. But I was like, but obviously, I want to do something. And then I don't know, I I you know, I asked him again about it, and then he sent me the beat that was the Yo Kev beat. Did, so did he make that beat? He made the beat because yeah. he's really into that, right? Doesn't he like make he makes beats, all, beats the all the time? Yeah. Um, and so he sent me that and then I was like, okay, so I wrote one draft of a song for it and it was super terrible. And I think in a way I was just trying to get it out of my system, like the really terrible version. Um, and then I rewrote it again. Uh, I guess at some point I was talking to either him or Max or somebody and decided that the song should be about softball. You right, know, because right. we play softball together, and I was like, "Well, that's pretty easy." So then I wrote 
but although my verse has nothing to do with softball. So then I yeah, wrote I a verse. Say, I know the videos like you guys playing softball. Yeah, yeah. This kind of was the impetus for it, but it never really my none of the so, the lyrics aren't really about softball. Yeah. Well, you don't want it to be you don't want to be like a Curtis Blow thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote my verse and then so then I had the song, this track that just had my verse and then a, you know, a 16 bar blank. And then me doing another little thing and then the chorus. And I right. attacked the choruses at the beginning and the end. And I was like, okay, it's a pretty good structure. I'll send this back to Adam and then we'll just see, you know. And then like a while later, he sends me like stems. That's just him doing his rap and then various ad libs, you know. Wow. So he just sent you back his. Yeah. We never like went into a studio, right. you know. And so like I got it. But then that in and of itself was really exciting. So I was like in my apartment and I get out good old trusty garage band again and just drop them in where they're supposed to go wow. you know into the track and then i like have my headphones in and i'm listening to a song it was just exciting because i'm listening to a song that no one's heard yet right it doesn't exist yet but that's with it's me and, and you know yeah. adam horovitz doing a song together <laughs> yeah. and i was like i don't know i was tripping out i was just in my apartment like this is fucking no bananas. that's insane we're gonna have a song together. i couldn't even like imagine <laughs> that es- you know especially like if you were like obviously a fan because you must mm-hmm. have just been thinking about when you first heard like license to ill I yeah mean, i don't that's what i mean that's all i would be because i actually the one of the first times I, I think i met you really briefly i mean it was very briefly i'm friends with uh carolyn castiglia yeah yeah and uh so i she invited you know and i was I, you know i was really into hip-hop i was doing stand-up and i right it's like i had been like she rapped and i was like yeah. i want to like do rap stuff a little bit like would uh-huh. you do that and she was like yeah, yeah. She's like, come to. I'm doing this show, our hit parade. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. She was doing like the Eminem song, not, oh, that's not right. afraid. Yeah. Right. And, um, and she was like, oh yeah. Uh, and Ad Rock's gonna be there. And I was like, <laughs> really? And she was like, yeah. He like goes there. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I I went and uh, Bridget Everett did. Um, Raise your glass. Oh yes, yeah. Which is like, it's on YouTube, and I actually right. rewatch it all the time. It's like unbelievable. Like, oh yeah, her performance of it. Yeah. Um, she and it was like you know Adam Horowitz and like four other dudes, all dressed as like Apple Store employees. That's right. I remember that. And one. they're yeah. doing the beat on their iPhones or something. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. And it's like really incredible. I mean, like like I said, I rewatch it all the time. It's like un. She goes in the. Cr- I mean, I know she's like known for this, but I had never seen this. Right. Yeah. And you know, she brings someone on stage, and she's like, she takes her clothes off, and she's like pouring <laughs> wine down her vagina <laughs> under the guy. And I was like, yeah. and it, and it was just funny because like. The whole time, like Ad Rock's just there, right? Yeah, and like no one's even like saying he's, you know. I thought that was really cool because, like, yeah, yeah, I came from the comedy stand-up comedy where, like, if someone big showed up, it was always like, oh my god, that person's here. But I thought it was funny that he wasn't even like reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was what's fun about that particular <laughs> period of time of like doing our hit parade with all of the people who were in it was that like I feel like for reasons that I still don't and may never really understand, everybody was just psyched to do it. Right. And it really wasn't like a scene or like a thing where it's like, oh, I want to, you know, like let's feature this person or whatever. Right. That's why I thought everybody was cool. just wanted to do it together. Yeah. You know, 
Um, I thought, which it, sounds it was, really cheesy, but it's like it really was just how everybody approached it, and nobody ever really talked about it. It was just like, yeah. "Hey, do you want to do this thing with me?" And people would be like, "Yeah," and then they would just do it. They probably know? liked it too that they were just like, "Yeah, I'm going to do that," and not be. Yeah, like Yeah, I a think thing. so. I mean, you know, and I, I yeah, I think because it was. I mean, at least from my perspective, it was just fun. Like I loved it when people would ask me to be in their things. I think and I'd be like, in their random thing, and I right. wouldn't even you know like know them necessarily very well and then i would just be like oh yeah i'm just playing drums for right you know, right this person tonight. and i think i i was <laughs> i was in the stand-up scene and i like when i i had rapped a little bit i'd done you know and i was doing kind of like comedy right which i know sounds uh-huh. like ridiculous like when you hear that everyone's like oh that sounds horrible but like <laughs> i was like you know um like lonely island i was really right, into. Yeah, yeah yeah and like the thing about them was you know they were clearly really into hip hop and yeah. and they were good at it, mm-hmm. but they were like kind of doing it jokey. Yeah. But then I realized like, cause I, I would hear like, cause I kind of got a little flack, I think from like the stand up where it was like, what are you doing? Like uh-huh. you're doing like joke rap. And I was like, you know, a lot of really good rap is kind of joke rap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I, I always feel like this is the thing that I always sort of, think about a lot because i feel like yeah it's something if if something is music but it's funny people it really immediately gets sort of shunted into this really negative category right but it's like i mean a lot of really great music is really very funny you know what i mean yeah like the beastie boys were really funny (laughs) yeah i mean they all all the records are hilarious you know so I i feel like it's weird i feel like um they got away with it because they were kind of like, oh, we're rappers. But at the same time, I think what kind of made them break out, and this goes back to the third base, what became the problem was with third base was uh-huh. that third base took themselves so seriously. Right, yeah. And the Beastie Boys were just kind of like, we're like idiots. Like, we're <laughs> like having like a really good time and like we're saying stupid things and we're not taking it seriously. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. were good at it, but they weren't like, oh, we're like, when they'd be like, I'm going to kill you and shoot you. They didn't really like mean they were going to like kill right, you. Yeah. Well, have you listened even to like, again, anytime recently, like the two live crew? I like mean, that record recently. is hilarious. They, the one that it's got all the completely stupid. Right. And there's no way that they were serious when they were making that record. You mean like, you know what I mean? All the, it, isn't it all sex? It's all sex. And it's like, <laughs> it's like five year old version of sex. It's right. so dumb. Yeah. Like, the you know what so I mean? Is it's like, like, I'm going to lick your booty hole. <laughs> this is like so silly. And it's one so line funny. I always remember. And this was a line <laughs> that I just remember hearing it at, when it first came out. I think I was like 16 and I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> she, he goes, lick my asshole, lick it up and down, lick it until your tongue turns doo doo brown. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like I never heard it. You know what I mean? Like that—that's yeah. like a line on a song, right? Yeah. That—that that was like what you were talking about before when you put on like. I think you, NWA alone. Like the, I, would, oh, yeah, I would listen yeah. to that alone in a car, and I, it was. It felt like I was watching porn. Like I, was, I was like, no one can hear me. Right? No yeah. one can know that I'm doing know this. That I'm listening to this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't like. It'd be interesting to. Go, I do that recently. I've been doing that, going back and listening to a lot of those songs from back then. Not too live because I never really was into. The, like I mean, like. I, I just, liked the production on those records so much. I was so into the Miami bass sound. Like I loved the, I right. loved how snappy the snares were and how like that eight oh eight like those yeah. tonal bass drums. I was just really into that for a while. But it was weird because I wasn't really so much into the songs. Like I didn't 
Like, well, the lyrics are just like they're horrendous. just so goofy. You know, <laughs> it's just so dumb that yeah. it was like stupid. But the but but Luke Skywalker as a producer, like this, the records sound really amazing. You know? Yeah, like, that's interesting. Doom, maybe. Doom, doom, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's is like, it less like? I guess I haven't heard it. Is it less kind of like? the hard drums and like uh like it's kind of it's not like public enemy at all in terms of like the production no no it's much much sparer because it's just it's just about the it's just really foregrounds the bass right you know because i think the idea i mean i'm not positive about this but i feel like the idea was that this is going to be played in cars in miami so it's not the same as making music for boom boxes right you know oh, on the subway oh. so this is it should it need the bass needs to be like humongous oh. and then the snare has to really snap to make it really sound oh. right you know it's That's like the same thing with like houston rap where they slowed everything down because with that much bass it really makes your trunk rattle and so everybody in Houston is driving around in these old beat up so cars. So you think like when they were doing that they were like specifically aware of that? Like I feel like I've read that about Miami bass anyway. I don't know about Houston rap, but I feel like who Miami are the big stuff. Houston guy? Is it the Ghetto Boys and who, who? Well, they yeah, they're very early on, but then it's like, you know, DJ Screw okay. and like, you know, all of those guys. Too short isn't from there, is no, it? No, he's from the Bay. Okay. But he was big into bass. He had a really? lot of like low end bass, and he was always like really filthy, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I never was in that. I he was another one. I just there were a few. I had guys. the clean ver. I had the clean version of "Life Is Too Short," and I didn't realize it until oh. like five years ago. Because I would like, oh, people were like, oh yeah, too short. He was really dirty, and I was like, I don't think so. Like he just doesn't <laughs> even curse in that one. No. It's all the clean songs <laughs> from the album, plus like a couple of other just songs thrown in there, right? You know, like kind of not even probably album tracks. Yeah, and they took all the dirty songs off, and I never, I had no idea. That's hilarious. You just accidentally got it. I just bought it at the store. It didn't say anything special about it. You know, no, that sucks. It's a pretty cool cover because it's like him like kneeling over a tombstone that says like. Life is too short, or whatever. Oh, Get it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Whoa!" And he looks really cool because it's the first time I ever saw like a donkey rope chain, you know, like a big gold chain. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa!" Like all black with a big gold chain. Right. I thought he right. seemed really cool. Um. So you wait. So you, your first album came out in 2014. I think so. Yeah. And Sounds and right. your next one was uh 2000 the champagne 16. room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's basically come out every other year. So we had yeah. You're right. 14, 16, and then this year. Are you coming? One. Did you have another one just come out? Yeah. Oh, yep. what's that one called? It's called I've Grown. Oh, okay. And um, which was kind of a joke idea that I had with Adam that it was going to be like he was like you should make a really bad album or like a really dirty album and then come out with an album after that called I've Grown, right? Where you like you know it's like you you like kind of like diamonds and pearls where you just try to like put the dirty past behind right, you, you know. Right. And um, the, the, the album's not really like that, but <laughs> but I still liked the idea of being I'm grown, you know. Did that? Whatever, I wonder if that I, came from his own experience of like <laughs> I don't know because they are literally so um, associated with being like that, Cause right? Yeah, they yeah. were like kind of like, um, and you know, I I, I it, you know, it's funny. Like I love them, uh-huh. but it's weird. Like a few years will go by where I don't think about them, and then they come back, and I'm like. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I, I really like them. Right, and yeah. then four years would go by, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm really <laughs> into them." Um, yeah, but it was funny because they, uh, you know, that I what what happened was, I mean, obviously, what like when Paul's boutique came out, it was kind mm-hmm. of like, 
oh, these are those guys that were so they were just yelling about women and all that. And then it was right, funny yeah. to watch them completely change into yeah. But, but you know, and everyone would be like, I can't believe they did that. But it was kind of like. Yeah, but I mean that kind of happens a lot. Like they were, they were like nineteen. Does everyone stay exactly. nineteen? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, they're like thirty. Right. Like they're not throwing beer at women anymore. Yeah, like most people aren't when they're thirty. Right. Like they might be when they're hopefully. 19. Yeah. Um, I know. I just think it's like I think people don't see it very often because a lot of times people only make music when they're nineteen and then they vanish. Right. So then they're kind of. St- you know, sort of stuck in amber as these kind of maniacs that they were right. when they were teenagers and then they vanished and you're like, that band was so crazy. And you're right. like, well, yeah, I'm sure later on, I mean like Luke Skywalker, he like coaches peewee football now. Right. He's like, a re- he's a dad. And I just, I, mean? I just have this vision of him. I just have this vision of him that right now he's somewhere just licking some chick's asshole. Like, <laughs> like that must just be what he does all day. No, he's probably like, you know, doing his taxes early. Right. In QuickBooks right now. Which like, is not, he's not... <laughs> which isn't, like, sexy. Um, but there was another band like that. Oh, well, th- actually, this is what I'm always like, because they always talked about how um, they had the problem with Def Jam, and Def Jam was like, hey, keep doing that. And they're uh-huh, like, oh, right. we don't want to do it. Which I think is always really amazing. Like, because y- y- you've heard that story, right? Where they're like, yeah. hey, just t- do another album where you, like, yell at everyone. <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, we don't want to uh-huh. do it. But even to have that, like maturity that fast where even a year right, later yeah. you're like no i don't want to do that like i feel like if i had been in that situation like i would have been like yeah i'm gonna go do another right. album like that yeah like yeah. why not um and i what's funny is like because they didn't do that i think is why the longevity because i like run dmc were you a big run dmc guy yes or? yeah um i feel like that's kind of what happened to them like uh-huh. they sort of stayed that and then after like five albums it was like yeah we don't want to see that it's it kind of became like all right you're doing that again you know what right, i mean right because i remember in 1991 1990 91 they came out with an album and i was like they just kind of sounded the same and they were still dressing the same and i was right. like yeah i'm not really into that anymore <laughs> and it's interesting how that happened because i mean you know it it's inevitable because your fans are going to change you know what i right, mean right yeah um yeah they're going to age in the same, you know, not necessarily in the same way, but they're going to, you know. Yeah, and that's not going to be cool anymore. Right, after, yeah. After, like, if what, you, what you were into at 14, <laughs> at 19, you're going to be like, eh, those guys are still running around saying how great they are. Right, yeah. There's no, like, they haven't had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, were you ever into, like, Eminem? Yeah. I, I When Eminem came out, yeah, I I I actually got back into rap when that specifically happened. That sort That's of hilarious. Me Dr. Too. Dre, well, not the Chronic, but the what the is chronic it? Chronic 2001. 2001. Yeah, that period and into the early um, because then you know like Eminem got. I mean, you know, at least uh, reportedly, kind of wrote the, all the lyrics on that album for Chronic 2001. Yeah, is that is that true? I don't Probably. know. I mean, it you know, you be. hear all this stuff about like, oh, Dre never really wrote any lyrics, and so people wrote for him. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I have no idea. Do they? But was Ice Cube writing for him before then? I the guess? idea was that yeah, back in the NWA days, that yeah. he wrote for him, and then after that, that Snoop was writing for him. Oh. The Chronic. And wow, whatever. he's really smart. 
Yeah, that's really smart. I mean, he, he's got a great voice and he's a great rapper. So, and if he, does if he can't a, write rhymes, then it's fine. Right. If somebody else does, that doesn't really. He bother like me. says them well. Yeah, they sound great. You know, it he's be a him good rapper. Like, yeah, in he, like you know, and you you think of like, oh, uh, well, he can go in the studio and do like line by line. But you know, I've seen mm-hmm. him live rap well. Right. Yeah. Do you, are you a fan of his? Yeah. What do you think of the like? the whole thing where he can't seem to like the the album he was working on and never released detox do you remember when that oh, was going oh yeah yeah i i that's always fascinated me uh-huh. when you when you watch an artist have that where like they're so successful and then they're like working on something and they can never finish it right what yeah, do you think yeah. that it just becomes a mental like the pressure is too much and yeah i don't know i mean i have i don't really know i mean i think it must be like that or it must be just like cuz it happened with like you know axel you, rose and like Guns right, yeah. they, they he had the i mean they finally released it but right. I, I, it always fascinated me that that dr dre just could never finish the album yeah and do you I, remember do yeah. you remember, there's a song with him and eminem where Eminem is basically like, it's called I Need a Doctor, and he's like, get your oh, shit right, together. Yeah. Do you know that song? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I always thought that was an amazing song because mm-hmm. it's like, the song is like, hey, what are you doing? Right, like, yeah. Why aren't you being this guy anymore? Yeah, yeah. And you know, rap is, and I th- will go, but so the reason I asked about Eminem is because you said it kind of got you back into hip hop a little bit because uh-huh. I was the same way. I'd kind of like, moved, I wasn't that into it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when he came out, well, when he first came out, I, I was not on board. When the My Name Is came out and uh-huh. everyone loved it, I was like, well, who is this dick? <laughs> and then um, I got the second album and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, but what I loved was that because I loved rap, but it was always like there was no vulnerability usually. Right, yeah. It was always like, yeah, I'm the greatest. Yeah, fuck you. Like, right, you yeah. suck. Um, but he was so like, oh, yeah, I'm a loser. Right, yes. But then he was, he made it like, he made being a loser like empowering. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought, I mean, you know, I felt like, you know, living in Texas, which I still was at the time, you know, I just felt like, this was the first time I'd ever seen somebody who was like, it'd be like the kid that you knew, you know, who like drove a Honda CRX and like wore, you know, like sagged his pants and stuff like that. Right. You know, but he was like white and had like a little mustache, but worked in the kitchen at the restaurant. Like right. they wouldn't let him actually interact with the people on the floor. Right. You know, he's like kind of a little too edgy. <laughs> you know, it's like if that guy rapped, that's what Eminem is and it was like i was like oh my god it's so amazing because i had never really up to that point heard anybody who was like really like hardcore working class right you know white person from the middle of america like rapping about that right instead of like somebody who was that person but then they're like i'm on the subway you know like rapping about you know like trying to just be a rapper you know like like other rappers were being his he was specifically being like you know, I'm drunk and I'm trying to park a truck in a garage. Right, and right. He's flipping off the yeah. neighbors. <laughs> like that that whole thing. I was like, oh my god! And he's doing it with this kind of real technical finesse. Yeah, like and, and again, humor. Like I thought he was just the like that. He's his another verse one. He, on he's forgot like, about Dre is still one of the funnier verses. Yeah, I've ever heard. That's the one where he does the thing about the truck with the truck. Yeah, it's like an amazing rhyme. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like he goes, um, "Drunk as me or is it drunk as fuck." 
Yeah. What, is it like um, trying to park harder than me when I'm drunk as fuck? Trying to park a humongous truck <laughs> in, in a, a two, two park car, in a two car garage. Yeah, it's like an insane <laughs> yeah, crime. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then he's, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Fuck you too, bitch! Call the cops! Yeah, I'll kill you and them loud ass motherfucking barking dogs." That shit was so funny to me. Well, I mean, I do think he's another one, and I, I I've actually thought about this that I feel like a lot of times when someone crosses over in pop culture and anything, I mean, a lot of times in mm-hmm. music is when they're like funny, yeah, and yeah. obviously charisma and stuff, but like it's like funniness, humor really is like a. Um, helps people cross like the beastie boys i almost feel like obviously you know because they were white it helped but i think them being funny almost was more why they crossed over right yeah because people were like oh this is like funny yeah yeah um so i think that's why i liked eminem i mean i liked it for a lot of reasons but and then he was obviously just this like insane storyteller like right yeah yeah he would like paint these pictures that were and like the, the vulnerable what i loved about him was he would be like it, it encapsulates it in eight mile at the end where he's basically like owning all of his flaws and he's uh-huh. like yeah i'm this and this what are you gonna do about it right yeah and it's yeah. kind of i was like wow i've never seen someone be like yeah i'm a loser what are you gonna do about it like <laughs> right yeah. Um, yeah yeah like and i was like He's just said he's a loser, but I feel like he's so cool for saying that. Right, Does that yeah. make sense? You know yeah, I mean? totally, yeah. Um, so I feel like he kind of like twisted rap around a little bit because like yeah. rap was like, yeah, I'm the greatest. I get everything. And he's like, I get nothing. I'm yeah. like, no one wants to sleep with me. And I'm like, what? and everyone was <laughs> like, wow, this guy's the greatest. <laughs> I think it's because people, that's how most people feel inside. Yeah. So to watch someone be like... Be like, yeah, I I'm not perfect, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, if you don't like it, get out of here. I don't, and whatever. I felt like one of the things that I liked about rap already was that it had this sort of made a virtue out of being real, right? You know, and so the way that I felt like he was succeeding was by taking that at face value and being like, well, if it's about being real, which I think is also true of the Beastie Boys or but right, of right. a lot of other rappers. I mean, even Kanye, when he first came along, he was like, yeah, I'm a nerd and I wear a backpack and I went to college and I dropped out. Like, I feel like you can take anything, but you just have to own it and be like, this is my thing. Like, I'm yeah. actually like this. And then walk out on stage and be like, be proud of something that you probably. Do you shouldn't think even be maybe that's of. part of why you it appealed to you, or maybe even just appealed to like a lot of people? Because yeah, I'm it, sure it's, it's such like, like an empower. Because I do, I didn't know it at the time, but I feel like uh, maybe it was a time I felt like insecure, but uh, it was a thing of like, oh yeah, but I'm like a badass, like because it's all about right. like being, you know, empowerment. That's yeah. what I loved about it. It was very like. I have no power, but guess what? Like, I do have power. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, and I feel like that's what, when I was even, you know, to make it full circle. Yeah. Like, when I was first started performing in Austin, like, I was like, the whole point is that I'm just going to have the balls to go out there. Right. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if anybody's coming, and I don't necessarily think it's a good... I'm not saying I think it's a good idea, but I'm saying I'm just going to go do it, you know? Right, right. And I feel like I would have never done that if it wasn't for all this music that was like made a virtue of that that was like yeah just fucking do it just go out there and be whatever that version of yourself is that right is the most kind of ballsy crazy version just go for it and i think that's what what, you know even like the coming up with your own like alter ego moniker right yeah yeah like oh you don't like you're this well you're gonna be 
now you're this guy. Yeah, now you're you this guy. You have a different guy, yeah. name. Right. And you can be he's like this. like you, but not you. you know? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, all right, well, I, we should wrap it up. Uh, thanks a lot for coming. This has been very interesting. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of fun. Um, so is there? What, what are the names of your albums again? The, the first one was For Real, You Guys. Okay. Uh, and then the second one was The Champagne Room, just because eventually I was going to have to name an album that, so I might as well get it yeah. out of the way. And then the yeah. new one is I've Grown. They're okay. all on Spotify, Google Play, And you tour Apple around, Music. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going on tour anytime soon? Uh, in January, I'm supposedly going, it's still in the early stages of planning, but like going to uh, North and South Carolina and Atlanta and that sort of thing, and then back into Florida. All right, cool. Great. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Neil Medlin, Champagne Jerry. Woohoo! And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> thanks. Close no show. I'm a headliner closing the show. I'm the realest. Coffee shops up, wake car. I'm a killer. The illest in the business. Slap a Jehovah Witness. After my show, I get bitches and drink tickets. You're showing my show. You want to know the difference? My show sold out. You pay people to listen. They sit around and grimace, questioning their decisions. You're tripping, and you need to get out of the business. Peace out, dog. Adios and good riddance. I'm a headliner, and there is none fine. I murder you with my material. You know I'm seeing red. I'm more crazy than the paper boy from Better Off Dead. I'm not passive, no. I'm fucking regular, aggressive. Pimp, slap a heckler, sack. Just to teach him the lesson that my setups are the ball. Punchline, be the trigger. Even when I phone it in, casualties, I deliver. I'm blowing minds. Cause dinosaurs are pooping the bed. You only set up a Jim Belushi, cause his brother is dead. I'm throwing rhymes while you're blowing your dad. I'm a top shelf tamp on your maxi pad, bitch. I'm rolling.
into work at 8 in the p.m. Two other comics, but you ain't there to see them. Nah, that's me up on the marquee. I'm the headliner, the one you're paid to see at clubs, colleges, corporate events. Now I got 5,000 Facebook friends, a 16-year veteran of the best medicine. Yeah, I did Conan. Yeah, I did Letterman. I kill them. Every single night's a homicide. They roar. Scores on the floor when I'm inside. Light me at 40. I'll spot me a shorty for the after-show party. We'll get a little naughty. Fly sweeties line up to buy CDs. Nah, I don't mind. I'll sign your DVDs. Take a blonde hoe back to the condo. Tap it real slow. Wake up for morning radio. I get $1,200 a week. Every time I'm free, that means I make three fourths of my rent to speak. That don't include travel, that's alright with me. Cause I get all the yanker bombs I want for free. To connect in flights with that window seat. Ball up the jacket so that Joe can sleep. Took a cab from the airport, hope they reimburse. Early show is the night, I try not to curse. She saw that girl staring at me, yeah, the one from the crowd. Hey, I know she was big, but she was laughing real loud. And you may choose to criticize the way I get down, but now I got a fat chick to fuck when I come to town. Yo, the booker of this club is a fucking D-Bird. gonna find me because I said the C-word. I told him it's the late show, this crowd is eager. To hear some dirty shit, so don't try to beat her. My skills do I really have to tell you again? I've been on Byron Allen, Carlson Daily, Premium Blend, bitch. I've been asked for 